Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK, and by my side, as always, the man, the March Heron, Aaron Stewart. What is up, buddy? Oh, not much, man. You know me. Mondays, our recording night. This is what I look forward to. You know, people dread Mondays. For me, I'm pumped. Going to get in front of the mic, get to talk some fantasy football, get to do each week. I love it indeed indeed i'm with you you've been good everything's been good with you uh, you know i haven't talked a lot this week you've been busy i know i think we've both been busy here Fuck but yeah 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 i i got to see all four of my nieces in one day in one spot yesterday I, i'm thrilled i i love those girls i tell you just melts my heart <laughs> i had one that that attacked me with a cookie but i i probably deserved it (laughs) yeah yeah. it happens my four-year-old in particular gets a little crazy it's like dude you just gotta chill sometimes man (laughs) switch to decaf switch to decaf right right (laughs) it's crazy yeah i speak it kids well i've got so i've got the four-year-old just had his birthday not too long ago now this week on Thursday, leaving work a little bit early because we're going to be celebrating the other one's birthday. He's turning seven. We got a, a Nerf themed party. He's so he's got some Nerf blasters coming to him. He's got some uh, uh, Minecraft Legos because that's their other shit. And so he's got some a few cool things coming to him. And uh, we're very excited. We always I always dig the kids' birthdays. Those are, I I can't stand my birthday. I give two shits about my birthday. But. <laughs> enjoy the kids birthday so got that coming up this week so yeah it's good stuff good stuff but um other than that man yeah it's i've been busy as well the new job i've been busting ass working on uh my new stand-up material because i'm gonna get out hit the open mic scene um i might even do it by the end of the month we'll see but i'm gonna try and find out if i can get it recorded so i can get it up on the social medias We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm not sure how all of that works, but, but uh, yeah, so busy, both of us busy, but here we are, as you said, Monday night to talk a little football, but before we do, have you caught any of the, any more of the playoffs? Cause man, the suns are looking. The suns. <laughs> I think the one thing I did actually catch, you know, that I, I don't know if it's gone viral yet, but the, the suns fan that, that, that beat, beat up the the nuggets fan you know nuggets fan i did see that i did uh, see that the nuggets fan tried to do the cheap shot to sucker punch him yeah (laughs) and then of course he's got the sons in four sons in four and man like that prophecy came true and i mean we've talked about it before in my opinion the sons are the champions from last year they were undefeated during that bubble um right and so you know it's i know they'll it, it won't be an official title but it's nice that like a year later, you know, sometimes teams, they get hot, they're great. And then the next year it was just like, oh, the Cinderella story is over. But the Suns team, after right. over a decade of suffering, man, they seem legit. They really do. And I think Chris Paul is a big part of it. And see, yeah, of absolutely. course, I'm rooting for the Nuggets there, right? And But I also <sighs> knew without Jamal Murray, they weren't going to win anything this year. So I knew their demise was going to come. At some, I didn't see them getting swept. But, but, you know, the Suns are just playing out their mind. They took out the Lakers, uh, swept the Nuggets. And I mean, so, 
that's going to be the team to reckon with, I believe. And, yeah. and uh, you know, you got a good series on the, in the East with the Nets and the Bucks and well, hell, even the Hawks tied it up tonight. So, I mean, it, it's the playoffs is pretty fun this year. I actually enjoy it. And it's kind of nice not knowing like there's no Warriors or Lakers team where you're like, even the Nets as star studded as they are, you're like, and eh, there's no guarantee they're doing it. You know what I mean? It's, it's right. kind of wide open. Right. You get a team playing, playing the best basketball of their, their, their life. And I've talked about it before. My favorite teams are Spurs and their championship team in 2014. That's, my goodness, <laughs> they just played so well uh, as a team. They were a well-oiled right. machine. I know that's cliche, but it's it's true. And so seeing seeing what the Suns are doing, my goodness, I, you know, if you've been watching the NBA for, for a while, you knew Devin Booker is going to be special. It's just right. he was always on bad teams. And to finally see him kind of get some help there, it's like, wow, that you're right. That team is going to be dangerous. You know, it'll be fun to see. I don't want to look too far in the future, but, you know, you have to wonder what, like, LeBron is always, you know, he's always tried to have counter moves for things that happen in the NBA. Oh, the Golden State Warriors form a, a uh, you know, this big four-man team with Curry and Thompson Draymond Green, and then and when they brought in Kevin Durant, it's like, well, what is LeBron James going to do? And now as we see him getting older, and inevitably he's getting towards the end of his career, I don't think it's going to be like too soon, but he's still, what, he's 35, 36? Something like 36, that. 36, yeah. I know he's younger than me. <sighs> yeah, and you know, those, those injuries, I know he dealt with like his first major injury. It's doesn't get any easier we know that as we analyze fantasy football we we know that those older players when they get injured you know it's what used to keep them out for maybe two games keeps them out four five six games Mm. what you got to be careful with i agree man and it's but it does feel like as lebron kind of winds as some of these superstars wind down it does kind of seem like hey we're going to get back to a little bit of normalcy where it's more wide open every year, because it does seem like the, the younger generations are a little, I didn't know. I like, they're cool. Like you look at Damian Lillard. I mean, he seemed a little pissed off this off season, but for the most part, he's been pretty cool. Yeah. Just running Portland and like, Hey, bring me some help here. Let's get some help here. And you know, that's a tough sell trying to get people in the small market teams, but you get a good enough team. Like Phoenix ain't shit. Like yeah. as far you know, the Spurs were never a huge mark. So like it, it can be done. So it, it's uh, I, I just think there's a lot more teams. I, I'm hoping that's the way it goes as opposed to these, you know, superstars all. And because while I understand it to it, an extent it's also kind of lame as a fan <laughs> like yeah. yep i guess it's probably going to be the warriors this year i mean maybe there'll be a surprise but it is probably or the lakers or whatever well and i'll say too the warriors team honestly i give them a pass because their their super team was really they drafted extremely well they they found all those guys and they would do those small moves you know to get an andrew bogut he was helpful at the start of that and then hey with Kevin Durant I mean shoot if at that time arguably the number two player and some people would be like yeah 
me, he's younger. He might be a little bit better than LeBron. Some people, not all people. I mean, if Kevin Durant wants to come to your team, you you move mountains to make it happen. But oh, yeah. it really seems that, you know, you kind of read a little bit more things. And I found this nice YouTube series that goes like um, – They'll rewind things in history, and that you know, of course, we hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, they they go through all these things that happened um, to pivotal moments, right? They they recently did a video on um, they had Russell Westbrook and his backup point guard at the time was Reggie Jackson, and Jackson's very talented point mm-hmm. guard, still a talented guard in, in, in the league. I mean, if you're playing in the NBA, you're talented, right. and just seeing like the backup Reggie Jackson wants to be a starter and Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were kind of pushing him down. And you saw a division in the thunder. Cause so I always wonder, I was like, how did this thunder team not win a championship? Right. And, and it's and crazy. Turns out there was a lot of egos. Like I growing up, I always thought it was the front office, Thought it was the front office doing dumb things like trading James Harden and getting Kevin Martin and nothing back. But right. It, some of that was probably on the front office, but man, I'm spoiled as a Spurs fan. Like during that, that big three era, you know, it started with Duncan. Duncan didn't care if he was the main guy or if it was Parker's turn to be the main focus of the offense or Ginobili just didn't care when you have stars that can, that are all right with taking a step back. It's how you can have these teams play a long time and have a mm. lot of success and everyone ultimately is happy but you know egos always get in the way right yeah yeah that's usually how it works mm. <laughs> uh the playoffs have been fun though but uh, timmy duncan man i did i i love hated him <laughs> <laughs> like it's just you got frustrated because man them spurs would just take down the teams you were rooting for but on the other hand it was just like you got to appreciate greatness that isn't prickish you know, you gotta you gotta appreciate that. <clears throat> fundamental, me. nothing flashy about him. You know, he wasn't gonna talk crap. He was just gonna go out and be a dominant big man, consistently give you, you know, like 22, 24 points per game, back it up with 10 rebounds and solid defense on the interior. And he had that bank shot that you really couldn't do anything against. <laughs> it was it was beautiful in its own way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to go ahead and finally move on to football. I, it wasn't too bad. We didn't spend too much time, but I'm glad we got a little ball in there. And as we move on to the football, uh, we'll get into the meat of the show in a second. And what we got planned, we're going to do a little 12 team super flex mock draft, just kind of get, uh, you know, going with that and do a little strategy and live discussion, live analysis as we're going along throughout the pod. Then we'll take a little break and we'll come back. And I got a little bit of a surprise to help get us through our topics today. I'm very excited about that. So, so before we get into all that, I have to say there's some huge, just absolute huge news in the NFL. Gardner Minshew cut his fucking mullet. He's got regular hair again. Oh. Regular hair again, Aaron. It's so sad. It's I so know. sad. That's that's all he had left. He, <laughs> I, he couldn't be the starting quarterback anymore. But, oh, man. You never know. If he goes somewhere and something happens, he, you never know. But now he's, like he, he, he's he, Sam's he, mullet. I don't like it. I don't even yeah. like mullets. 
but it looked cool. No, but he was able to just he he made it work, you know. Yeah, he totally it, did. It's a shame. Sad day. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, let's get into this. Are you ready for the draft, Aaron? I am ready. I've got my phone here, so you know, for All right. people watching the video, if I'm looking down, normally I like to make good eye contact. There, yes, as do I. It's a lot easier to draft on my phone. Oh, they're plowing through. Oh my All right, goodness! Here we go. Holy moly! So. You know, part Sorry, of I started the draft, Aaron. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have my I have rankings there, but you know what? We're going to wing it a little bit. I should be able to play this pretty smart with ADPs. So I'm picking at, what, the 107 spots? Yes. And one of the players. I've got the, I've got the 111. One of the players that, that I like. So just I believe in the offense, the offensive line. Of course, I'm going to go run it back. I'm going to go Mr. Jonathan Taylor. Oh, oh, that's a hell of a pick. Yeah, I mean, what, what can we say? The Colts still have that same offensive line there. Carson Wentz, you know, I – last year was really bad. He can't be any worse. And I don't want to overrate offensive uh, coaching, but mm. he, he played well for Nick Sirianna. Sirianni, Sirianni, right? I right. think that's how, how you pronounce his name. And oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I'll get my Colts and Eagles mixed up there. <laughs> he played well for Frank Reich. Um, oh, yeah. Sirianni was the Colts guy that went to Philadelphia. Man, but I, I think that Wentz can keep the ball rolling there and keep the offense open enough to where Taylor can be beneficial. Sorry, I'm talking too much. What about your pick here? No, you're good. I, I went ahead and went Patrick Mahomes. See, here's the thing is nobody went. I even switched it to Superflex, and I know I... we're going against bots. And so I was the only one that took a quarterback. So it's going to be weird, but I'm going to kind of play it in, in part. This will still be useful because we can still kind of talk about how we want to attack this thing. Like for me, I want to get one of the top quarterbacks, at least one of them, because of the mobility factor. I also want to get young running backs. That's my biggest things. Receivers, I would get running backs in a startup draft. I want to go young and I want to make sure in this super flex league, I'm getting a few good quarterbacks. So you got to get one of those top guys. I went Patrick Mahomes. I should have never had Patrick Mahomes. I should have had somebody else, <laughs> but I, sh- I still would have been able to get a quarterback. So well, weird gonna- things happen in drafts. That is true. That's- but I'll act like, okay, there's less quarterbacks than is actually there. And I'm going to look at running back and I'm going to go. I'm going to take me some Cam Akers. I'm going to do it. Very I did it. Back. Now, there was Aaron Jones, and there was Austin Eckler, and there was Joe Mixon. Aaron Jones, I'm really a fan of. He's nearing that age. So he could certainly help me win this year, but eh, I'm going to go ahead and pass. Did you pick again? I haven't yet. I was letting you guys oh, okay. talk about Kim. <laughs> I got my oh, okay. eye on the clock there. Okay. And then Austin Eckler, I'm just – not as big on him as other people. And same thing with Joe Mixon. Um, so 
for me, it was clear. The, the only tough thing was you got Akers, Dobbins, Swift, Gibson all right there. It was tough, but I decided Akers. I went with Akers. And, of course, it's a mock draft. But, yes, yeah. Aaron is on the clock. So, so for me, as you talked about with Patrick Mahomes, this guy would not be on the board. I'm going to draft Josh Allen. But what I'll say is, I think at 107, like, I'm probably – Running back would be something that I would that I would consider there because it's quarterbacks are valuable, but being able to secure a top tier running back as well because like you can you can double down on quarterbacks. I could go QB around two and round three, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to be fun here. I, I could even wait to round four. Like usually, I think it's super flex. You want to get a top quarterback. You want to go quarterback at least the first second round. Um, at least one of those. You want to get draft two QBs right off the bat, Superflex? Sure. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel like you might be able to maximize uh, your, your roster a little bit if you wait a little bit on the second quarterback. Um, just because um, there's so many starting quarterbacks. Like, you get to the fourth round, you I don't know what runbacks would typically be there, but I'm not going to be as thrilled. I'm going to make a pick, so I'm actually going to go back to running back. I'm going to take a guy that I'm going to talk about more later in the show here. It's a guy I really, really, really believe in, and I'm selecting him so I could talk about him a little bit later. But Miles Sanders, he he had a very weird season last year. Like mm. It was disappointing, but it wasn't bad. It was just disappointing because I know that I drafted him at the tail end of the first round um, uh, of, of my redraft leagues last year. So, yes, I was not thrilled with what Sanders gave me. But I see Clyde Edwards Hilaire in his ADP being roughly uh, a back end, uh, back end of the second round ADP. Whereas with Miles Sanders, he's fallen almost to the end, almost out of the third round completely. And I don't get it. So telling you, in redrafts, if I'm picking there at the end of the third round and Sanders falls to me, I'm grabbing him. Absolutely. But I'll talk more about him a little later in the show. Okay. I think I'm going to grab Travis Etienne. And then I'm actually going to come over here and grab Kyle Pitts. Now, my thought process on that is, again, when it comes to dynasty leagues, period, my startup draft, I want to go young-ish. The only position I'm really looking to go super young at is running back, but I'm going to try and go young-ish. And I also believe in, don't be afraid to take a tight end high. And so I was looking at this situation and I considered going two running backs. But I figure, because I, I really like what you said about quarterbacks. See, for me, I really want one of those top guys, just the edge with the mobility. And then somewhere along the way, maybe fifth or sixth, you try and grab one of those rookies, those, uh, you know, rookie second year players, someone like that. And then later on in the draft, you can grab a Matthew Stafford, a Baker Mayfield to give you that third guy. That way you got a couple of, you got a stud starter, a solid starter, and then an up and comer with potential, you know, so that that's kind of like how I would like to attack it. But I decided I was going to go Dar- Darren Waller, but I'm like dynasty. I'm going to go ahead and go with Kyle Pitts. Cause I decided 
no receivers there i'm really big on you can go ahead and pick if you want i'm gonna pick my guy let you yeah and and so it's just like okay grab another running back i could either go another running back here or make a move for one of the top tight ends and again tight end a position where hey if you have one of the top guys you're going to have an edge over especially a tight end because there's fewer top guys you're going to have an edge at that position so that's why I went the way I did with mine. Now, now, what about your picks here? So, there? I there were better quarterbacks on the board because the sleeper superflex mock draft has been weird. They've been avoiding quarterbacks up until yeah, it's way like the back weird. end of the third round. So I took, or, or sorry, uh, fourth round. Um, so I took a guy that I felt would be there that also fit the team. Uh, I took Sanders in the third round. So in the fourth round, I went Jalen Hurts. I'm big on both these guys i feel like they both help each other out uh jalen hurts people that follow me they i have planted my flag i i have said that jalen hurts will be the qb1 i know it's absurd but like there is there is a definite path i'm having Mm -hmm. to make a pick real quick here there are not many good running backs and i think that's why i'm gonna have to go running back again i'm gonna go with an underrated guy our boy miles gaskin Mm-hmm. Gaskin was top 10 in fantasy points per game. It, it, he so quiet about it, but I, I'm, I'm researching, I'm doing an article for breakout finder about identifying who the 2021 breakout running back is. And, you know, you look back, there's like three like breakout running backs last year. And usually what I think a breakout is like, it's ah, Sure, Jonathan Taylor, technically a breakout. Try to avoid mm-hmm. rookies because those aren't always there. But, you know, you had James Robinson, Miles Gaskin, which were literally on no one's radar <laughs> until late in the draft process. And even then, Gaskin slipped through the cracks there. Uh, and then the other one, of course, David Montgomery, with a huge, like, final six-game stretch there. But Miles Gaskin, uh, it's it comes down to you want guys involved in the pass game. Obviously you want guys on the field as well. Snap share that a very underrated. Um, oh, okay. You got your two picks. I'll wrap yeah. it. I'll wrap it up here. No, go Gaskin, ahead. Gaskin in the fifth round there is my third run back. We've got some extra flex spots. I like it. Oh, you're good. Yeah. I guess I should have, I could have just let the time wind down before picking. <laughs> I will do that next time. So you don't feel rushed to talk. And- that- that's all good. I try to talk fast. <laughs> so I'm watching my timer here. I'm going to let you talk about your picks. Okay. I'll make this quick. Basically with mine, like you said, not a lot left at running back. I still have to attack receiver. I still need to think about a second quarterback, but I see my boy CD lamb sitting there. I have zero receivers and I cannot pass him up because I'm a believer. I love CD lamb and I'm a believer that this motherfucker is going to start taking that number one spot this year. A lot of people I've seen talk about Mari Cooper. He's still the guy, this and that. Okay. Maybe for a minute. That's my belief. I think this year is the ascension of CD lamb and I can't fucking wait. I've got him rostered all over the place. So I had to take him. And then again, like I mentioned, We had the running backs. We're getting pretty low there. I'm going Javante Williams. Again, getting a young guy, a guy I really believe in that I also think will make his impact this year at some point. So there you go with mine. Go ahead with your picks and uh, discuss uh, what you got going on. 
Gotcha. So I made a pick while you were talking. And in the sixth round, I, at this point, I've gone all running backs and quarterbacks. It was time to get a receiver. And, and the one that really stood out to me was Cortland Sutton. I know mm-hmm. he tore his ACL, mm-hmm. but it was still early in the year to where I'm not worried about his availability for week one. Cortland Sutton was he he was he was starting off the season so well. And yes. I know a QB situation is yuck, but hey, you know, it may be a long shot, but imagine if Aaron Rodgers does go there and he's the QB throwing the ball to Cortland Sutton, like me getting Sutton in the sixth round, that should never happen. So right. I'll gladly take that. Um, and for the seventh round, we're going to double up at receiver here. We're going to diversify a little bit. So I'm going to go. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks just always, always, always underrated. Like we we sleep on this guy, and all he does is produce. It doesn't matter which quarterback. He could be Jared Goff, he could be Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Like he always gets he stays on team for like a year or two, goes to a new team, and he still produces. Yes, the Houston situation is disgusting, but Brandon Cooks <laughs> is the only like safe bet to be fantasy relevant. Like we hope that Nico Collins as a rookie could show some things at tight end tight end. It's a mess. I'm, I mm. still like Jordan Aikens, but he just can't seem to go put away. it all together. And then when he does get it together, he gets hurt. So yeah, Brandon cooks is safe bet for high volume. And you know like what? It. I'll take high volume. I like both those picks, man. I really do. I really do. Okay. For me, I am on the clock. So Another receiver I like this year and going forward is Jerry Judy. He's still available, so I'm going to grab him. Now, I'm hoping. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead. I've got a few running backs now. I've got a couple of wide receivers. I looked at the quarterbacks, okay, because I'm sitting here and I'm like, I still need a second quarterback. There's still quite a few. There's still quite a few I like. There's still some rookies. So and and. In a regular super flex draft, this wouldn't be the case. I probably would have done this much earlier, but that just would have, would mean that running backs and receivers and whatnot would be available late, later, you know. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and wait on quarterback. I went ahead and grabbed Jerry Judy. So now I think I'm going to go ahead because there's one more guy on the tight end list that I feel like uh, could be a top guy, and he's just sitting right there. Yep. And in a dynasty league, I'm somewhat of a collector of tight ends. I I, I like to get a, a couple of good ones and then I collect the shit out of rookies because I like to have good tight ends. So I'm going to grab me some Mr. Dallas Goddard and we're going to go ahead and we're Ooh. set at tight end. We're set at tight end now. And uh, then I'm going to go ahead and next I'm going to concentrate on grabbing that second fucking quarterback so we can be better there. And uh, hey. We're looking, we're looking okay so far. I think I like both teams so far. Aaron, we're doing well. Well, the Goddard pick, man, I was definitely considering him. And then I saw the team that picked right before me, the stupid computer there, took an excellent pick in Will Fuller. I still like Ooh, Will Fuller. Yeah. I know he suspended a couple of games. I'm not worried about that. Like, nope. I, I got him late in a – well, not late, but in Dynasty League, he, he, he fell – more rounds than I think he should have. So still love Will Fuller. I came around. I used to hate him. I used to be like everyone else. He always gets injured, but came yep. around at the last moment there. Me um, too. I am going to go. Ooh, there's a receiver that's been getting a lot of hype. 
on a lot of things I like. And you know what? So you can press the button, press the button and get them. It's Mr. LaVishka Chenault. Because Chenault. And I thought about Same him. as Sanders here. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Chenault, but we, we like guys that look like alpha receivers and mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, to, a lot to like about him there. So now oh, I, I gambled a little bit. <laughs> I was hoping Logan Thomas would come back to me and lo and behold, he went the pick right before me. I still don't have a tight end. Honestly, I don't really even like the tight ends. And part of my strategy, too, with tight ends is if there's not a tight end that I'm absolutely in love with, I'm going to pass on them. Um, There really isn't much at running back. And there's just there's one screaming value at quarterback. And I got to get them just because the best player there. I'm going to go Mr. Ryan Tana Thrill. All right. The Tana Thrill experience. So, yes, going for my third QB instead of a starting tight end. Is it the best strategy that has more of a value thing? And I saw that two QBs went off the board right after I took the Tana Thrill experience. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to have to go. Let's see. You're right. Not much there. I still need receiver. Man, this is tough. This is tough. I got to admit. Because quarterbacks are starting to get down there, so I got to grab, I got to grab, <laughs> I got to grab somebody at least somewhere. Let's see who's down the list. But also, also, I would really like to get Rashad Bateman. <laughs> um, I know you've been super high on him. I've been paying attention. Oh, I know. I, uh, I'm just telling you, man. I feel like. The Ravens are going to surprise some people this year and throw. I don't think they're going to just start airing it the fuck out, but I do think they're going to step up their receiving. And I think Rashad Bateman could be just what the doctor ordered for Lamar Absolutely. Jackson. And uh, so I'm really digging him, but let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Go ahead and get that pick in. I got 10 seconds. There. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and grab Justin Fields, even though I did Trey Lance, I realized was just sitting there right after Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) well that's what i was thinking about doing was doubling up but bateman's still there but let's see hmm Mm -mm -mm. let's see this is a this is a tough one i'm having to plan my next move too (laughs) Yeah, I know it's it's, like, it's getting down there, and it's now it's like I definitely need to work on receiver depth. But the depth at wide receiver, especially at this point, you know, there's only a handful of guys you can really look at and go be like, hey, they can definitely supersede their draft position, right? Whereas I grab me some Justin Fields. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and grab Bateman. I like that's it. what Get I'm gonna you, do. Uh, well, and I've been I've been looking too while you were making your decision. And there's there's one pick that that makes a lot of sense to me, especially in the second round. I got Josh Allen, and, mm-hmm. and it's a run back that long term don't really believe in the in, in the talent there. But for this upcoming season, Zach Moss. Yeah, is, that's not a bad pick, man. Hey, you put Josh Allen and Zach Moss. If I'm starting both, um, you know, those those are the two guys that are probably going to be scoring the goal line touchdowns mm-hmm. there. More likely, Josh Allen, but Zach Moss. 
there were some things to like about his analytical profile. Um, that I was like, oh, wow, like to even, to even notice that, you know, I couldn't, couldn't trade for him, couldn't get him, but, you know, I like getting Zach Moss. I noticed a few running backs went off the board after him, along yeah. with a run at tight end. So I have got to, I, I can't wait any longer on tight end. I got to get my guy. You know which guy I'm going to go for. <laughs> it's, it's the one and only. John and, and, and I'm hoping as I draft him here that what, what's, what's happened is he got hurt today. He hurt his hamstring. And I'm like, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw I, that. I actually have it in the show sheet here. I put it in my notes that we have a 45-minute cry session for John U. Smith. I don't okay. know if we'll get to it, but you know, <laughs> for the audience, I am having a 45-minute cry session for my favorite player of all time, John Drew Smith. Um, the, the logic behind it is that that Patriots offense, they invested their money on, on a tight end duo of Hunter Henry and John Drew Smith. Hunter Henry actually went off the board before John Drew Smith. So for Josh Larkey, that makes fun of me for loving Johnu Smith over Hunter Henry. And look, they, they already took Henry. I got to take Johnu. And the, the offense is going to run, the passing offense is going to run through those two guys. That's why they spent so much mm. money on him. Um, Aguilar, he'll probably be more of a decoy than anything. He's a deep threat. But I, I think Johnu and, and Hunter, Hunter Henry, those that's your 1A, 1B, the passing offense. So I'm happy with them. Oh, yeah. I like it. Okay, now I'm getting low. Let's see, on time on this pick, uh, it came back around. Again, this would be so unlikely, but <laughs> but Trey Lance is there, so I'm going to go ahead and draft him too. So now I feel pretty good because I've got uh, Patty Mahomes, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. And now I'm going to go back to receiver. I was kind of looking at running back. I intended on taking Tony Pollard. If he was there, he got snatched up. So now there's a few guys I like later on. I'm going to hold off on running back for now because I've got my top three guys. They're all young. So now I can kind of just look for depth. And so, like I said, back to wide receiver because we're set at tight end. We're pretty much set at quarterback. So right now I'm just looking for, I need a couple more really solid receivers. And then I just need depth and upside, depth and upside. So this is actually turning out to be pretty good. And we've got a few guys that I really like, and I'm going to pray one survives till it comes back around. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm sorry, Aaron, because I know you love this dude too, but I'm going to take Mr. Elijah Moore and <sighs> see what he does because I, I, I believe in this dude. You, you know, <clears throat> he's one of the guys I really like in this receiver class. And I'm with you. I think feel like he's underrated. I'm not sure if it's the team or if people just, I mean, like, I, I don't know what it is, but... Yeah. I feel like, and people are all freaking out because of the Crowder thing. And I'm like, I, I don't, like, is that a big deal? I mean, the whole Crowder thing. I'd say it, Crowder actually, they managed to lower, they, they worked a new contract, basically a pay cut for James Crowder. I was like, oh, yeah, like I get it. It was actually really good on the Jets GM. Like it's smart. Like you keep the player and you get cap space. Mm -hmm. Um, smart it's win-win because nobody wants to straight up cut a player so right. i was like wow that that works and the timing's perfect because you go to this guy and you go hey i want you to go from 10 million to 5 million um 
and the player like free agency is already done like nobody's right. got you know can can spend money let me get my pick here real quick yeah i'm go gonna ahead. go i'm gonna continue a little stack here because i do need a receiver and i like to get mr cole beasley here just kind of goes along with the josh oh, allen yeah. thing um, I got you. It, the the thinking on this one is i i am more open to stacking in redraft leagues because you know we <laughs> we talk about this at, at at Roto Underworld player profiler, you know, you play for first place. Like, okay, like if this team doesn't win and like, I don't know, something happens to Josh Allen and it ruins like Cole Beasley and Zach Moss, like, oh, oh, well, like, I mean, I don't, if I'm second place, I'm going to be just as upset uh, than if I'm last place. <laughs> now we do have kickers and defenses. Are we actually drafting kickers and defenses, or we just want to go oh, offensive shit. players? I didn't take those out. <laughs> That's all yeah. right. We could just draft. We'll what? skip the. We'll don't draft kickers or defense. We'll skip the last two rounds gotcha. <laughs> when it gets to kickers and defense. So, so what I'll do is I'll just kind of look at offensive players there. Oh, we and, are in the last two rounds. Yeah, which, which is not a problem. What what will Think about doing here. Oh, we can't even draft anything. We yeah, we have to draft kickers in defense. Well, it's not gonna make me draft draft kicker in defense. So I'm gonna go with an upside pick here, and that's uh Mr. Terrace Marshall. Um Terrace Marshall of Panthers. It's just Curtis Samuel is he vacated almost a hundred targets there. So even with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson both having a lot of target volume for them. There's still going to be plenty for Terrace Marshall. All he's got to beat out is David Moore. And there is Marshall is the one rookie wide receiver that's boomer bust. He's either going to be really freaking good or fall flat on your face. Like people, he, people that love him, they're drafting him early. And, mm-hmm. and I, I'll say I liked him. I'm not sure if I would say I, I loved him. I, I'm an Elijah Moore fan. I just, besides being small <laughs> right the only thing bad for more but for marshall in this one i see like 100 targets is a reasonable um thing that, that could happen he's got alpha size things could happen i dig it i dig it and i think i'm gonna go i'm gonna do what you did forget kicker and defense we'll go ahead and keep drafting offensive players i need another receiver i am gonna roll one mr jalen rager and I'll tell you why. He didn't he didn't have a wow rookie season, but people are so quick to give up on guys. Okay. And mm-hmm. and and I do think because you saw how he improved at the end of the season once a one Mr. Jalen Hurts came in, Aaron's guy, mm-hmm. Mr. Hurts. Oh yeah. And so, given a full year with him, and you put Devonta Smith on the other side to help take attention away from him, Jalen Rager could have a very good second year and, uh, and potentially be the number one on the Eagles' offense. Absolutely. So, I'll take a chance on that. And then we come back around to my very last pick. Like I said, wanted to grab that Tony Pollard. I've already got my top three backs. Uh, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne. Javonta Williams. So I'm looking good on pretty much every position, but running back. So here we go. 25 seconds left. I could go Philip Lindsay. <laughs> I couldn't even say what the face. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's see. Mm, mm, mm. 
Mm, this is just, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go all the way down and I'm going to grab Elijah Mitchell. Why the hell not? Because this would typically be one of the guy types of guys I would target at the end of a draft with one of my last handful, you know, my last few picks, because this dude, again, I've talked about it before. He, he's pretty much got everything that Trey Sermon does except for he's faster. So I just feel like I know Trey Sermon has the draft capital, but you get him out on the field. If one can perform better, Shanahan's not going to give a shit about the draft capital. He's going to say, okay, we got to use Elijah. So I don't know, interested to see how things play out in training camp, but I've got my eyes on Elijah Mitchell. Good, sir. Absolutely. Mr. Aaron. And and this is what we want as I get ready to make my pick, my final pick too, is like, you don't want to, just go off rankings in the last round. Like the last round, the last round or two really should just be, hey, who are the guys that have the most potential? Because how many times do we get done week one and we're ready to already make a roster move? Like I take a guy and like, I'm going to take my guy here, Russell Gage. The reason why is he's going to show in week like one it. how they're going to utilize him. I mean, he, he was already heavily involved. And I know some of the talk with, with the Julio stuff was Julio, you know, they, the, some of the reports were Julio wants to go to a quarterback that, that, that could throw, um, that could throw deeper because Matt Ryan, like he kind of viewed his, his arm was kind of shot a little bit. That works perfect for a Russell Gage. <laughs> that is Russell Gage is just a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they utilize him outside. I know the pod father Matt Kelly was, was talking about that on a recent podcast is like Olamide Zacchaeus could be in the slot who is best comparable to James Crowder and that would then force Gage outside that would be I don't know if that would be good for Gage but this is why I take him in the last round like right. if that's what his role it, you know we're gonna see in week one and if I hold on to him for week two if that's what his role is and he struggles it's like oh man like darn what not even a wasted pick it's a 14th round it's the last round of this i drop them and i'm like who is this who's the new person i want to add to the team you know maybe i find another johnny smith (laughs) maybe i clone johnny and i put him i pick him up so that's what you want you know the the rankings are great the rankings are kind of they they guide you you know Mm -hmm. sometimes i went off my rankings too and you know i liked just real quick on here. I like that. I was able to, with my quarterbacks, like I got Josh Allen and I was able to pair him with Zach Moss and Cole Beasley. I got Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. and I paired him with Miles Sanders. And, and it's the type of thing of, if I believe that these quarterbacks are going to be great, it's like the pieces around them should be great to a degree as well. So the stacking, I, I think is a great strategy. <laughs> I redraft. I have, I'm, I've come around on that. I used to be like, ah, diversify, right? You know, mm-hmm. Pieces here. Oh no, bye weeks. I can't do that. But now I'm just like, you know what? Like if, if I think these guys are going to be as great as I think they're going to be. And the more time I spend on player profilers, <laughs> data analysis tool and finding all these cool stats. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I wrote a freaking article on Jalen hurts. I'm writing an article on Miles Sanders. Um, you know, I think they're going to be great. So just right. take them. <laughs> if they fail, then uh, shame on me. I'll learn how to do better analysis and my team won't win. Oh, no. So. <laughs> no, I think you I, you got a lot right there. And when you were talking about, um, you know, Russell Gage and taking him at the end of the draft and you're going to know right away what he's going to be doing. Like, yeah. that's exactly it. That's exactly. I always say leave 
two or three spots at the end of your bench just for dudes you can rotate in and out because it's like that like elijah mitchell very similar to my last pick like you will know i mean he's a rook so maybe maybe he sticks around and maybe at some point later in the year because they do have some depth at that position but you know you're going to hear stuff in training camp and whatnot about what these guys are doing and and you're so right. If they don't pan out, you can just switch these guys in and out. That's my biggest thing. Zacchaeus is another great one you throw at the end of your bench because I, I'm a fan as well. You could call me a truther. I've, I'm truther to very few players. <laughs> but my very first article for playerprofiler.com was about that motherfucker. <laughs> Zacchaeus. Love so love it. I got some love for that dude. So I would love to see him. And he could just, if given opportunity, he's already shown and flashes what he can do. So if he gets some opportunity, he could really be, you know, fantasy relevant uh, this year. So I'm excited for that. But <clears throat> I would say um, real quick, run through my team before we hit break time and then you hit yours. So on my starters, I got Patrick Mahomes, that's right, Justin Fields, those are my two quarterbacks, and then, of course, I also have Trey Lance. As again And again, per my strategy, I'm hitting those mobile quarterbacks, quarterbacks that have the potential to run. And then running back, per my strategy, I'm going young running backs. So I've got Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, and Javonta Williams. I got two tight ends. I got Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, and then receiver. We got CD lamb, Jerry, Judy, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Jalen Rager. And then I also got Elijah Mitchell on the bench as well. So I, I, I kind of dig what I did there. There was a couple of things, you know, I feel I could have done better, but there's all, it was also a weird draft because it didn't feel truly super flex, you know, yeah. <laughs> even though I fucking changed it to that weird I think it's just weird shit. sleeper stuff they, yeah. they have some weird adps and to recap my team so my starting lineup um yeah start with two two quarterbacks josh allen Jalen hurts um mobility uh it was, mm-hmm. it was the thing. Um, hey you know if these they're two qbs that that, that apparently can't throw josh allen debunked that, that last year but hey i don't care fancy football we know that rushing yards for quarterbacks are worth a whole lot more than passing yards Mm-hmm. At running back, I've got a, a a duo, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders. These are workhorse guys. These are guys that that have that dominate snaps. And I I keep alluding to Miles Sanders. I am not afraid of any of these stupid things of like a Carry On Johnson signing, a Jordan Howard signing. No, a Kenneth Gainwell. Sure, he might be something. I'm not worried about Gainwell. Uh, right. A receiver. You know, getting Sutton in the sixth round, I like that. And pairing them with Brandon Cooks, uh, those guys can give me some top production there strictly because they are the, the number one guys. Tight end, Janu, probably looking back, if I could go back and do something here, I wish I could have gotten a tight end earlier because mm-hmm. um, it does stink that, like, I, Tannehill's great, but he's a third quarterback. And I got him in the ninth round, Janu in the 11th round. So I've got. You know, it's like maybe I should have swapped that and grabbed a tight end in the ninth round and quarterback my, in the my third. Yeah, but yeah. the Tannehill thing is too much value. It's hard for me to pass up. Um, I round out with I, I only got four running backs on 14 man roster, but it's okay. I hit Same running here. back early. The fourth running back was Zach Moss, and the rest of the roster is filled with receivers that I'm just hoping that 
one of these four guys here can, can stand out with Michigan Chenault, who I hope is the number one Jacksville, Cole Beasley with Josh Allen, Terrace Marshall, if there's potential for 100 targets, Russell Gage. There's no Julio, and Russell Gage had, oh, what was it? I think it was 72 catches la- last year. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, if it's PPR, he's great because he's not going to get much yards, but a catch and fall down guy. But you know what? Sometimes it's what you got to do to your teams there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and with, with Chanel, like the, you said something that sparked something in my brain. Because you said he could be the number one on the Jags. And that's those are great players to hit. Like I'm hitting Bateman because he could be the number one on the team. You like to hit because there was a point where I saw a bunch of guys like that. Like Devontae Parker, he could be the number one on the team. Will Fuller could end up being the number one Mm -hmm. on the Dolphins. Jalen Watt, that's kind of wide open. Um, And, you know. It, yeah, there, there's just you hit those guys in those later. Jalen Rager, that's another one. He could end up being the Eagles number one. So like it, it, you those are the guys to hit in the later rounds is that, you know, for sure. Twos, potential number ones, whatever. So great point by you. I love it. That was actually I mean, despite it being a weird one because of the sleeper ADP, that was actually uh, that was actually kind of fun, man. That was kind of absolutely. Fun. Want to do some more of those and and like sure. the good thing on that sleeper one was hey it went fast <laughs> so. it sure did go fast <laughs> that helped a lot. all right well we'll come back uh we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we're gonna get through our topics with the help of our topic wheel that's right Ooh. okay yes so break time and we'll be right back We are back. We are back and ready to go with the topic reel that I'm so excited to. I, mean, I was going to save it for a guest, for our next guest, but I just, I got too excited and I had to do something with it on this podcast. So what we're going to do, we've got the wheel. We've got some topics. Okay. It's just going to kind of guide us through. And we have favorite value in Superflex draft, Scott Fish Bull strategy, danger deck. You'll see. You'll see. Fan favorite fictional sports characters, underrated QBs in super flex drafts, guillotine league talk, and of course, favorite metal bands. Because, because Aaron and I are both metalheads and, and well, the Scott Fish Bowl is all about bands. And yeah, yeah. So, so we're good to go there. All right. So that's what we're going to do. I'll spin the wheel for us. Whatever topic it lands on, we'll do a few minutes apiece. Otherwise, we land on the danger deck. The danger deck's going to ask one of us to do something. Oh. And, and, and once a topic is done, I'll erase it. And it'll be just, well, I was going to, I forgot to bring up a dry erase mark. I was going to write spin again on there. So it'll be blank, which means spin again. We'll just do it like that. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's go ahead and get the wheel. You bet fucking kidding me right off the bat. Did it break? No. Oh. 
danger deck right oh off the, the danger deck right off the damn bat the thingy's at the top the thingy's <laughs> at the top okay <laughs> ryan of course for the rest of the game to hit off the pipe slash joint every time a workout metric is mentioned so this card this danger deck's trying to get me high high okay so all right we we go again we go again there is spin one well now i broke it hold on it's not complete i'll hold it from down here that would have been smarter in the first place ryan okay here we go all right all right here we go Ooh. favorite metal bands would you look at that all right aaron Love my it. man you go all ahead right. and go first bro all right i got two one is kill switch engage and mm-hmm. in particular particular a a three-year period for kill switch engage and it was when they had howard jones uh, as their vocalist because yes. they, they had jesse leach they went to Howard Jones, and then they actually went back to Jesse Leach. Now, Howard Jones, between the years roughly 2004, 2006, they put out two badass albums, Into Partake and As Daylight Dies. And people that haven't heard of Kill Switch Engage, well, first off, those two albums, those are still like the the albums that that fans think of when they think of Kill Switch Engage. They still put out music, but ah. I haven't gotten around to really listen to it, but I know like their most popular albums are those two. And mm-hmm. Howard Jones, the reason why I like it is I'm a singer. I am. I like to sing. Um, Howard Jones vocals just fit the just the punch in your mouth that you got from Kill Switch Cage. They have two guitarists. They've got bass player. They drums. It it's heavy, but they they have this nice blend with their music where there's just some. So really heavy head banging parts and then howard jones just comes in with wonderful melodic voice that just complements that sound so well and he could he could scream a little bit i'm not so much of a fan of of, of the screaming it's got to be in doses there but man like when howard jones left it just wasn't quite the same he just he took that band to a whole new level i love the the song my curse uh, along with end of heartache as well and and it's funny like they're, they're metal bands and you read the lyrics and it is kind of a like you know you wouldn't really think it's a it's a metal band until mm-hmm. you just you hear like the the lyrics are like sound more like you would imagine a, an emo band but then Howard Jones just makes it work with his powerful, powerful vocal cords. And then the, the rest of the band, just they're, they're there. They're there to just get the, the mosh pits going. They also do an excellent cover of Holy Diver, Dio's Holy Diver, which is on mm-hmm. As Daylight Dies. And it's a freaking hilarious music video as well. Just a group of guys that have a lot of fun. Second favorite metal band, Avenged Sevenfold, in particular... <sighs> before rest in peace the rev passed away like any anything before before that i really really dug it when he passed away it just didn't it they they went through so many different drummers after the rev and you could tell like when a band has chemistry they were a five-piece band that had they were teenagers and then got really popular and tied into football like the first time i ever heard of uh, of their music was City of Evil, uh, Backcountry, which was on one of the song. Maddens. Yeah, one of the Maddens from the, the mid-2000s, like, oh, maybe 04, 05. Um, just, I, I remember playing Madden, was like, what in the world is this? This is awesome. Just 
it was almost out of control and sinister gates shredding odd lead guitar there just i was like yeah i was I was a teenager. I was like, heck yeah, had a Vintage Sevenfold t-shirt, had a couple of Vintage Sevenfold t-shirts, and I still like some of their more recent stuff. The, the two albums in particular stood out to me. City of Evil, that was the first one I heard of. Just all those, all those songs. Just I could play that album on repeat all mm. day. And then they actually had two self-titled albums. There was a white one that came out after City of Evil. I like that. They kind of got into some, they tried some different things. There were a couple of songs that actually had like a country sound to it. Um, but they made it work. Like it was kind of acoustic and country. And then like about the mid part of the song, it's you have the classic M Shadows uh, scream, like, to those guys, to the singers that could scream like awesome i'm not gonna do it because i said i'm a singer i don't want to ruin my vocal cords uh and m shadows had to had to change the way he sang can't, he mm. can't do the screaming as much anymore so those two bands that that got me through high school years and i could go back and just jam to those albums heck yeah yeah i i enjoy me some avenge sevenfold they're not one of my tops but i Backcountry is one of my fucking favorite songs. I love it. Not just this, how awesome the song is, but what it relates to Hunter S. Thompson, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, just the that whole shit. I love that stuff. So, <laughs> so this was, that song is great. So I love that. And then um, it, with me, it, it was weird because I put pick two and I'm like, man, that's tough because for me, I do like a lot of screamy shit. Like I, I fucking, when I first got into metal, I remember my cousin, I was sitting there listening to like Metallica and Megadeth and my cousin. So it was like, so you like metal, huh? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you want to hear some real badass metal? And I was like, sure. And he plays me fucking a new level by Pantera. <laughs> and i was just like oh my fucking god what is this and then you get into all this other other stuff a buddy of mine showed me sepultura and i was like holy fuck this is a... so i've always been into the heaviest of the heavy but that being said when it comes down to my favorite stuff i really i i really got into new metal when that was a thing, you know, bands like Corn and Slipknot. And one of my favorite, favorite bands, they got a little less metal over their last couple of albums, but the music was still phenomenal. And it was something about the way they approach things and and the way they did. I just love them to death, but it's System of a Down. They've been my top band for fucking years because their very first album, I remember I used to get Metal Edge magazine and they would put the bands that were going to be on OzFest that year. And my brother and I would pool our money together and we'd go get a few albums of the bands that were up and coming that were going to be on the second stage. System of a Down was one of them. We plopped that fucking first CD in, ripped a joint, listened to that the whole way through. We were like, what the fuck did we just listen to that was amazing because it was heavy but it was weird and it was just so different and Serge the singer can just do amazing shit with his voice as can Darren the guitar player yeah. so it, it just it 
it, everything about it, there was heaviness, but there was melody, and then there was weirdness, and there was always something to the lyrics that were written. Like, there's just so much phenomenal about that band. So that that's always been uh, my number one. <clears throat> and a lot of people think, you know, when they they hear I came from Iowa, they think I'm a big Slipknot fan, and I do enjoy some Slipknot, um, but not not one of my tops. But I, th there's so many ways to go. And it's like, what all do you consider metal? Because I, like bands like Tool, Primus. Oh, fuck. I love me some Primus. But, you know, there's such a range with it. But I'm going to kind of stick in the vein of metal. And I'm going to go with some a band that probably a lot of people haven't heard of. And haven't, it's been a while since they made some music. But it's a band by the name of Poison the Well. And they were really their first album was like insane because you listen to it and it's heavy as fuck and it's got the screaming, but then all of a sudden they bring in the singing and it's amazing. And this was a while back, like their first CD came out like, oh man, I want to say probably around like the new metal scene, but it was the first like real like scream heavy band. Like this was before Kill Switch and, and everything like that really brought those clear vocals in. And I, and they were just kind of, not that they were the only band to do it, but it, they were really one of the first bands that had that kind of mixture because before that it was a lot of Pantera and Sepultura, where it was pretty much all screaming, you know, or Metallica and Megadeth with the Excellent. So you know what I mean. So it, 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 they were. It was like one of those first groups. There was a few of them to just say, "Okay, we're going to take that rah, 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 and add in some, oh, you know, like and, <laughs> and it worked." And yeah. so, and um, they also got a little less metal over time, but they still put out some badass shit. And, and it's another dude who just like, I'm with you when it comes to kill switch. I was more of a Howard Jones fan. Uh, God damn it. I wish I could remember his name, but the singer of poison, the well, his fucking voice is just incredible. He's got a great scream, but he can also scream in like different ways. And it, it's just, it, 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 they're a phenomenal band. They got really good stuff. And, and, as a drummer i've always just loved drummers that can just go ape shit but do it smoothly and not overdo it and just the drummer from poison the well is just fucking awesome so like so i love the drums in their shit but so look up poison the well their very first album is called the opposite of december and they've got five cds out i love all of them and uh i think the last one was made 2005 something like that so it's no, it was probably a little later than, no, I think it was a little later than that. It was later than that. Actually, I could probably look it up, but, but yeah, they, their first album, the opposite of December, check it out. It, and one of the things I want to add real quick to, you talked about System I love System of Down. I was actually, I was mowing the grass <laughs> this weekend and I was just, System of Down always ends up being a band that I come back to in my cycle. It's yeah, they, 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 they freaking kick ass and, and they've made a couple of new songs not new album but oh if, yeah uh -huh. if you're looking for something kind of scratch the itch with system of it down uh darren actually has a side project scars on broadway and it is just as good there was they have two albums there was one that came out like 
2009, I think. And then there was like a 10 year gap. And then they right. put out um, his, his second band scars on Broadway, put out something in 2019, but freaking I haven't good heard stuff that too. Yeah. yeah you I need heard to check them out. They, they I heard the- yeah. Scars on Broadway. I'll check and out the second one. It It is. You can tell like, I mean, it's not as good as system of a down, but in its own way, it's still, it still kicks ass. Yeah, because I enjoyed the first one, but I actually really, really liked Serge's first solo album. I yeah. really enjoyed the shit out of that, too. So uh, there was some good stuff. Again, you know, same thing with Scars on Broadway. Not the same as System, yeah. but it still gives you a little bit of that itch. It takes care of a little bit of that Absolutely. itch. So, And Darren's unique vocals get to, get to shine. Um, shine on that, but there's 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 a lot of good a lot of good songs on just two albums too so that's that's the impressive thing so just wanted to throw that in there too with you yeah. having system of down as one of your top two bands definitely check out scars on broadway you won't be disappointed i will for sure because i, I love darren i tell you real quick that when i lived in waterloo iowa we used to drive to Des Moines, Iowa, because they had this little club called the Super Toad. And it was really at the explosion of new metal. And bands used to just come there four or five at a time. So we'd go down there like once or twice a month and see shows. We saw like fucking Fear Factory and Static X and Head PE and just fucking just whoever you could think of. And um, we saw System of a Down there probably three or four fucking times and Darren was always so fucking entertaining to watch and there's this song on the first album called I think it's darts is the one I'm thinking of but there's this part towards the end of the song where there's like a guitar that part that goes and then it goes back into the arise as did the gods that song anyway so but I saw this motherfucker live. He didn't do it with the guitar. He did it with his mouth. So it was like, it did a dirt. And then instead of the guitar, he went, and I was just like, I love this motherfucker. He's so great because Darren is awesome. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great live performer. Yep. Yes. Yes. That whole band is just, they chilled out a lot as they got older, but earlier in their careers, man, Oh, did they put on a live show? Whew. Absolutely. Good stuff. Okay. All right. We probably spent too much time on that. Uh-huh. It's, it's something we don't, we haven't talked a lot about. So that was cool. Hey, All right. listeners we'll are going to find some bands through us. That's right. Definitely check out. That reminds me, this right here, anybody can see it. That is the opposite of December by Poison the Well. Nice. I highly suggest checking it out and really check out all their albums because it's it's just there's such good stuff such good stuff if you're a fan of kill switch i can almost guarantee you will dig you some poison the well all right it's a little hypnotic there right what do we got Ooh, scott fish bowl draft strategy now with this one we did talk you know previously um about some of this you brought up some good points 
on, I believe it was the last podcast. So if you have anything to add to it, um, or if there's anything you want to go through, I just felt like we should bring it up again because divisions are getting set. We're getting to that point where the draft oh, is yeah. coming. So I'm like, all right, let's do a little more discussion on it because I do have a little bit, I think, of an amendment on. I really like what you talked about last week, and I'm I'm in on that, but I have a bit some a, a bit of an amendment to it, I would say, sure. and a, kind of how I think I might approach it. But let's start you out. You can give us a reminder um, of what you were talking about last week and then go from there. Certainly. So for people that are unfamiliar with the Scott Fishbowl, um, it is a humongous fantasy football league for charity. That's number one thing. It's a lot of fun. I, I, well, it's my first year doing it, but there are unique scoring rules. It's not your typical uh, format. So for instance, this league, like quarterbacks, it's you get a half point for a completion and you lose a point for an incompletion. Um, if you throw an interception, it's negative four points. If that interception is then returned for a touchdown, you know, a pick six, well, you add a couple more points to that. It's, it, it costs you negative, or sorry, it will be negative six points. It will cost you six points. So, especially for quarterbacks, it's not your typical format. You get, you have to make sure that your QBs are accurate, but at the same time, mobile quarterbacks are key, but with it also being super flex, um, you want to get, you don't want to wait on QBs. I know everyone in recent years has gotten into the idea of late round QB. Don't do that. Scott Fishbowl. You will lose. Um, the other main format here is that for running backs and receivers it's a half ppr league uh, this this means that running backs that are featured backs they're going to be more involved and in, on the field in my opinion are more valuable than guys that are strictly pass catchers so you think of a uh, naheem Hines gets hurt in this format yes he catches a lot of passes but man if he's if he's not getting much carries not getting like really any red zone work and why would he there's Jonathan Taylor he's going to be hurt in this format uh similar to receivers we could pick on Julian Edelman he's retired you know great career he would struggle in a half PPR league like, because Edelman was notorious for those nine catches for like 56 yard games like that ain't going to cut it much in, mm -hmm. in a half PPR league now tight ends get the full PPR um point so it's it, it is a tight end premium league but also at the same time all this really does is your elite tight ends are very valuable um you also get points for first downs running backs receivers you get half a point per first down tight ends you get a full point per first down also you since you get half a point for rushing first downs getting quarterbacks that are going to get those those qb sneaks or get a lot of uh, lot a lot of first downs like get or their primary rush rusher of the offense think of josh allen josh allen can be huge in this format because mm -hmm. he gets so many rushing first downs like i i would bet that he is probably above patrick mahomes if i was to do some projections i wouldn't be surprised if i had josh allen above patrick mahomes mm. now some of the things that that, that I've kind of got in terms of early round strategy, because here's the, you could really only plan for maybe four rounds in this at most. So my bullet points are if you can get one of the big three tight ends, that's that's Kelsey, that's Waller, that's Kittle. Don't be afraid to smash it. Those guys are going to break Scott Fishbowl. 
as long as they, they stay healthy. That's really more for George Kittle than the other two. Those, those tight ends, don't be afraid to grab them. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, but I want to make sure I get two QBs and two running backs. I get it. But don't pass on the elite talent at a position for, I don't know, a running back that, who, who knows? Like, I don't have a good running back in mind. Like, I will say, Miles Gaskin, don't pass on, you know, like Kittle if he's here in the fourth. I don't believe he will. But, you know, don't pass for, like, second, third-tier talent running back for those three tight ends. They're going to be huge. Now, first four rounds, have to walk out of those first four rounds with the two QBs. You've got to. It's – and – Ideally, there'll be guys that have some mobility there. And, and also, though, like QBs that – like Tom Brady. Tom Brady is, is a perfect quarterback to get in this format because of the completion stuff. We know he's going to be a great offense because you also – you lose points for sacks. So Tom Brady's not going to get sacked much. He's got all these weapons around him. He's going to be fine. Even though he's not going to give you mobility, he's going to be fine with this. Well, and he does have that sneaky rushing upside as far as for yeah. first downs, goal line work. Goal line. You know he does those little tiny QB sneaks. So yep. not the mobility, not, I shouldn't say rushing upside, not a mobility or rushing upside, but just those little QB sneaks for first downs Absolutely. and touchdowns for fucking sure. It, and it makes the difference there. And I think Brady is going to be going to be freaking great on this one. He's the GOAT. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Um, <laughs> EDG, the EDG made sure that uh, – that, that I said that, and I have my Twitter post there. Um, now, one thing that I didn't talk about last time was, and kind of look at this, I, I'm pretty low on, on the receiver position in general for a format like this because tight ends get a boost, so tight end premium, or at least like the top tier guys, even guys like Hawkinson, Goddard, that should still be heavily involved that are potentially the number one uh, receiving options in their offenses. Awesome. Um, receivers... Obviously, the studs, they're still going to be fine. Like, take mm. take a Calvin Ridley, still take a Devontae Adams, sure. But so many people want to draft these, these receivers in bad offenses. Like, Amon Ross, St. Brown. I, the reason I'm questionable on receivers on bad offenses or, team, or offenses that are kind of unknown right now. So, that's Detroit. Houston, you can get away with Brandon Cooks, but Houston, the rest of the Houston receivers, eh. New England, they will be a better team, but this is a team that's built to, they're, they're going to be built around the run. And as we talked about earlier, John Smith and Hunter Henry, those are really their, their receivers. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not so interested in the receivers um, for, for New England or, or receivers on teams that are, they're more, run oriented so you think of the las vegas raiders they run a lot like Mm. none of those receivers were really good uh, in terms of you weren't starting them with confidence yes nelson aguilar was great last year but he either had a top 10 performance or a performance outside like the top 60 or 70 best ball awesome scott fishbowl not so much um baltimore indianapolis those teams are more built around the run so the point i'm getting at is don't be afraid to fade those receivers. Yes, they may be the wide receiver one, but like, I, I don't really, I don't really care. Teams, teams that aren't going to be throwing the ball much or teams that are going to be really bad. Like Detroit worries me for like receivers because this is a league that's getting points 
for first downs, how many times is Detroit's offense going to just going to stall because they've got nothing in the receiving core. So yeah. all it takes is they, they run the ball on first and second down and it's, I don't know, third and six, third and seven. And they're trying to, they're forced to have to pass. They throw to a receiver. He doesn't come up with it. So like those first downs mean something um, you want to, <laughs> you want to have a pretty good idea of what teams can move the ball this year. Um, yes. Some people go, Oh, there's value, you know, Oh, I could get Michael Pittman. I, I don't, I don't really care <laughs> so much for that. Like, uh, give, give me the offenses that are going to pass a lot, uh, like a Philly. Like, I'm probably going to be waiting on receiver unless something just crazy falls in my lap. I, I don't expect to have any receivers in the first four rounds. Um, I think that really kind of gets – that's kind of all my points there. And made, major thing, get your two QBs at some point in the first four rounds. I actually don't have all that much to add because I'm basically – with you in that <clears throat> like you talked about last time it, you got to get one of those top end, tight ends if you can you really have to try and <clears throat> it, it, if you can somehow if you're like at the back end of the first round if you can somehow get two you might have to strongly consider it <laughs> i mean because holy shit you get, it's not only are you giving yourself a second one to potentially put in a flex but you you're also taking another one away from your opponents, you know? And so it, it, it'd be a ballsy move, but I could see it potentially working out. Now, the running back was the one thing that I think we talked about last time. It placed such an emphasis on quarterback and tight end, but you kind of brought it up yourself. You also have to be careful in this league with the running backs because, you know, half PPR, those guys that mainly catch passes aren't going to be as valuable. So you got to make sure you get some guys there too. And I kind of went basically first five rounds. Like you went four in my brain. I went the first five and I'm like, okay, you've got to get one of those top tight ends. If you can, you've got to get two quarterbacks and two running backs. I think in the first five rounds, that's about what you got to do. And if you swap out, a running back for another tight end because you can okay more power to you and um with receiver i'm very comfortable fading because there's a lot of guys you can get later on man there just is i mean like look at antonio brown he's going super late you know and then the guys we talked about that could potentially go like be number ones on teams such as a Jalen Rager, um, you know, guys like that, you, you know, you can get those guys later on. And so I, I just, I just am like, yeah, there's plenty of receivers later at the depth, the very, I mean, it's there. You can totally fade them and still get solid guys later. So I definitely think you got to concentrate on getting a really good tight end if you can. And a couple of quarterbacks, and run and then concentrate on running back. And I really think you're right. That's, that's really the way to approach it because, um, but just how you break down the scoring and it, the, those tight ends are so valuable. So you really have to make, and you know, it's going to be curious to see once the drafts get going, how, how many people have caught on to that, you know what I mean? And how many people, um, 
are going tight end in the first round because yeah if if I'm sitting there at the back the back of the draft I I definitely would like to get me one of those tight ends for sure oh I lost you I can't hear you where'd you go testing one two oh there we go all right am i back yeah that was <laughs> crazy weird. i was like <laughs> so, what's going on um, am i high so, like, so one of the things that 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 i was talking about uh well whether i was muted or technical difficulties was i i i actually know my draft slot so i've i've got the ninth pick um and, and one of the reasons i like that is because i'm also picking early not just in the second round but third round it's a it is a third round reversal. So the way to think about it is it's still a snake draft. It's just, it doesn't snake back. Like, so goes the first round, it snakes to the second round. It doesn't snake to the third round. So it's same order in the second, third round. And then it continues to snake back. So I've got early picks in the second and third round. So I am curious to see if Darren Waller like falls like Travis Kelsey, I think is pretty much a lot to be in the first round. And I'm trying to get an idea of where Darren Waller falls. I would love to get Darren Waller in, in the second round. I know that that may be a bit gutsy, but I think in particular, I think Darren Waller is the, the, the guy that ends up being on a lot of the top teams there. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sold on Darren Waller. Maybe that's because I, I spent I spent the summer covering the Las Vegas Raiders and, and that horrible offense and the, the offense that benefited Darren Waller. And that was it. So, so that's, um, I'm okay with having to wait. I know at one Oh nine, that means that's no, what that's no Patrick Mahomes, no McCaffrey, no Barkley. Like, right. I, I feel like there may be a chance for, QB to, to fall and that's mm. probably going to be the plan is probably QB second round will be Darren Waller or if there's a really really good running back then absolutely it's got to be the running back than Darren Waller and, and shoot I may be starting off it's possible I may be starting off my draft going QB Darren Waller QB <laughs> and I'll be okay with it so, as long yeah, as I get the right I'm, types so I think for sure QB and tight end are the first two picks I'm making, depending on how that plays out. Come back around, it's going to be QB, RB, depending on which order. We'll see. We'll see what's there. It'll, it'll all kind of depend on how it plays out. I got to find ADPs, got to do some more mock drafts, kind of get a feel for it. I'm really kind of spitballing right now. Um, right. But I at least have an idea of kind of my, my strategy and Man, I, I know I'll say it right here that I'm going to avoid receivers and then knowing my luck, like there would just be a too good of a, a value there. But I, I'm going to say it for people in Scott Fishbowl, if you're sitting there drafting and one of your league mates takes a receiver in the first round, they that's that's the wrong start. Don't take a receiver uh-huh. in the first round. You're passing up way too much value. I, in my opinion, of the four, what do you even talk about kickers? You can flex kickers. Honestly, I haven't looked at all about their scoring and, and, and how it works. Um, in terms of like, when would I take a kicker over these other positions? I'm sure I will. I, I need to dig deeper into the numbers here. But 
of the four main positions here of QB, run back, wide receiver, tight end, to me, receiver is the least valuable. I'm mm-hmm. just not really feel like tight ends are above it. QB is the most important. I'd probably say QB, the top tier tight ends, the big three, running backs, then the rest of the tight ends. So, yep, there we go. Too much time yeah, on Scott actually, Fishbowl, right? <laughs> huh? So too much time on Scott Fishbowl, right? We did spend a lot. I was just grabbing, but I was going to say, I I do think, you know, you could probably make do with TJ Hawkinson, uh, Dallas Goddard. Um, You know, I do think there's a few guys that, that could be not far behind the others. Um, But yeah, man, if you can get one of those top three, just do it, do it. It'll make a difference. Absolutely. Um, So I love it. All right. Underrated quarterbacks and super flex drafts. All right, buddy. Do you want you want to go ahead and stop this one up again? Sure, sure. I'll give you my, my number one guy that I love when I dig into like the numbers and I'm and I assess his situation here. That's a second year quarterback because we know like Justin Herbert broke out. Justin Herbert was a big winner, mm-hmm. but Tua Tunga Valoa, don't sleep on this guy. This guy, yeah. first off. Let's go back to his final season in college. He had a horrific hip injury. It was one that, man, 20, 30 years ago, he wouldn't have ever played in the NFL. Fortunately, the medical science, sports sports science, has helped get him to a point where he could play. And that situation was not ideal. They, they were – Miami was a competing team the entire season. If they were a team that were out of the playoff hunt, they could have let Tua kind of go through his lumps that most rookies are going to go through and let them kind of play through it. But because they were still like trying to win that season, like anytime he played bad, they'd pull him and put Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's like, what does that even do to a QB? But now it's the Tua show. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's gone to his next team. We know Fitzpatrick every two years. He's got to go somewhere else. They brought in a legit backup, Jacoby Brissett. That's, that's what he is. Brissett mm-hmm. is guy that can come in, help you win a game or two if needed, but he's back. Now, right. back to Tua. Improved weapons, number one. Like, my goodness, what he had last year was, was just pitiful. And, and, of course, he was going to struggle. He had Devontae Parker, Mike Giusecki, and Parker wasn't even that good. So what did they do this offseason? They made two huge additions. They went out and they signed Will Fuller. We love Will Fuller. I, I believe that after the suspension, that will be the number one receiver there. I think he was number one at Houston when DeAndre Hopkins left. He has the talent. Like He, he now has to fight off. People are going to make fun of him for, for the Peds. Okay, time to, time to show him. Time, time to right. show him what he's got. The other thing, too, is their first-round pick. They invested in a receiver, Jalen Waddell. So, the thing they didn't have last year, they didn't have speed. And Park, well, Parker's an athletic guy, but Parker's been in the league for a while, dealt with some injuries. And and now you have Parker paired up with these two speedy guys. They they can go into they can go into three receiver sets, no problem. And they I don't know who plays in the slot there, but man, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be much better than last year because well, besides Parker, at one point Lynn Bowden, who was acquired from the Raiders and played running back for the Raiders. Like Lynn Bowden was, was playing for him. 
needless to say, improved weapons is going to be good for Tua. The other thing, too, is he actually wasn't, there were some advanced stats that show that he wasn't as bad as we thought. Player profiler, he had a 7.9 number two accuracy rating. He also had an 80.3%, that was number three in amongst quarterbacks, catchable pass rate. So he was delivering a relatively accurate ball there or a ball that receivers can make a play on. He also had a 43.2% number 10 pressured completion percentage. So when pressure is there, he's able to, able to deliver. And speaking of pressure, they once again invested a pretty high draft pick on an offensive lineman. Um, mm-hmm. Was it Lindenberg? It was the Notre Dame guy, I believe. That's going to play guard for him. They drafted him the second round. And, and that's that's why I love what Miami's doing. And Miami knows how to build this team. They, they mm. know to continue to throw draft assets at offensive line. It's so important. That's how they've built up a, an improving offensive line. It's still young, and I think it, it keeps getting better each season. So that's good. Like, hey, we like it when you give the quarterback A, weapons, and B, protection. Awesome. Other thing, too, is he has some he's, – he's not, he's not a Konami code quarterback but he had some sneaky mobility to him. He had a game where he had two rushing touchdowns and his red zone usage, he averaged just under one red zone carry a game, which is right smack dab in the middle of the NFL. So, hey, like he has that potential for getting that, that Tom Brady special, whether you're one yard away from the, from the end zone and just reach over. And it's not like they have, like we'd like Miles Gaskin, but Gaskin's not this it's not a 6'2", 230-pound running back that, that you can always give them the ball at the, at the goal line. Like, hey, mm-hmm. they, they may utilize them, kind of those QB sneaks. He was getting utilized in the red zone. And also, he averaged 7.9, number 17 air yards per attempt. So, right? Smack dab in the middle there. So, improved weapons, which Waddle and Fuller, those are speed guys. Hey, those air yards could be great. I'm excited to see Tua Tungavaloa throw that ball and he's currently going like we, he's he's outside the top 15 qbs not, uh, off the top of my head i don't have adp information but he's one of those guys that you end up getting outside of the top 15 hey i i think he could put up a top 10 season mm-hmm. it's it's definitely within the realms of of possibilities here and believe everything that's that's happened with this offseason first off their commitment to him and not you know, there was all the trade rumors with Deshaun Watson before, you know, he got a little too handsy there. Um, so with, with Tua Tungavaloa there, the commitment, they gave him weapons. I'm excited to see what he can do this year with the legit receiving core. Me too. Me too. Is that who you had? Did you have anybody else? I, I do have another one just real quick. Baker Mayfield is, is one. Oh. Um, <laughs> did I take your guy? <laughs> Go ahead. A tale, Go ahead. A tale of two halves here. First half of the season, he threw seven interceptions in in the first seven games. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is so bad. Now, remember, Kevin Stefanski came over. It was a brand-new offense. And, man, when when Baker Mayfield, when he figured it out, it it clicked like that. Final nine games of the season, one, one interception. Some of the downfalls is late, you know, mid to late season – you play in Cleveland, you're going to have some bad weather games. That's what Cleveland ran into. And, and this is a run-first team. 
but that could be beneficial to Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Now, he had some games that just weren't fantasy relevant, but like when you were watching the weather, you're like, no, we're not going to throw him into this game where it's snowing and there's 30 mile per hour wind. Like, no quarterback is really going to succeed in that. But he did have a four week period from weeks 12 to 15 where he finishes a top 12 quarterback each and every week. Like, he's, he's shown he has that upside. Mm-hmm. He's not a mobile quarterback. He's going to have to do it the same way that Tua Tunga Valoa uh, does. And both quarterbacks uh, actually compared to, to Drew Brees in their best comparable players. Like, if you go and look at their top five, like Drew Brees is in there. And hey, Drew Brees had some good seasons now. Like, that is definitely the ceiling for these guys. But some of the things I like here number one, offensive line, they're all back. Continuity. Continuity on the offensive line, that's good for a quarterback, especially an offensive line that is pretty strong. Well, yeah, they had all, all five guys come back. So, and good tackles, good interior guys, like it's going to click because it's not just the second season for Baker Mayfield, it's the second season for that offensive line. I love that. On top of that, Odell Beckham's going to be back from injury. I know they don't quite connect well, but we're going to hold out hope here. Odell Beckham is. He's still a talented receiver, and that's got to mm-hmm. help a quarterback in some way. They've just got to figure out how how to make Odell Beckham work with Baker Mayfield in this offense. There's a way, and and they will figure it out. This is going to be a really good team, and I believe in Kevin Stefanski and his staff to make this work. Also, drafting Anthony Schwartz. For Schwartz, it's it's better more for like a real NFL thing because – they had Jarvis Landry and they had Richard Higgins. Those are more of the, your short to intermediate uh, route guys. They're not fast guys. Like they make they make the plays. But what Cleveland was really missing was an, a legit vertical threat. And when you have a guy that has what four three two forty yard dash speed in, in in Anthony Schwartz that can just you put him out there and you go run straight take mm-hmm. the safety there. That's going to make things better for a quarterback. Now, some right. of the analytics here. He, Baker Mayfield, not, af- not afraid to throw the deep ball. 58 deep ball attempts, number 14 in the NFL. Also, it wasn't just that he was throwing throwing deep passes like Carson Wentz that nobody could catch. He, he, they were accurate passes, too. A 46.6% deep ball completion percentage. That was number six. So, hey. He's thrown, he's got an arm. He's got an accurate arm. We've seen it. And it continues. 4,021 air yards, number 12 in the NFL. Uh, 8.3 air yards per pass attempt, number nine. 39 money throws, which is number two, which money throws for people unfamiliar player profilers term here is they are, it's, it's passes that you would consider clutch you know uh, the difficult passes where you're like oh my god how did that guy get that ball out of there so baker mayfield's got the arm talent baker mayfield he he may struggle in in some of those games that are completely out of his control but but really he had a bad first half and then a really good second half of the season finishes QB 25 in points per game. And, and I'm telling you now that he's comfortable in this system here and what he has showed that shows up in the advanced stats. He, he was QB 25 last year. He could, he could be at least a mid QB two in 12 team league, at least mm-hmm. a mid QB two. 
with that potential to, especially in Superflex, like if you're not able to lock down, say, a Josh Allen and a Jalen Hurts, and you're like, oh man, what, like, if Baker Mayfield's ADP, you can get him at a pretty good price, and he could give you a solid Superflex option there. I'm on board with Baker Mayfield this season. Yeah, me too. That was actually one of mine. And I think you hit all the points plus some. Um, but yeah, I, do, I don't really have anything else to add. You mentioned pretty much, yeah, I don't think it's bad that it's run first. He does throw to his running backs. That, I mean, <clears throat> there's potential there for, you know, easy, you know, passing touchdowns. Like and it, it's the second year in the system and i you talk about bad weather games i mean you know i think he can get better in those as well you got schwartz now to go along with that like i think there's so much especially if the defense is a little better that could help like oh man i just feel like there's something to this and you know edg gave me a little hell for taking baker mayfield the one the one show but hey hey I'm a believer. I'm a believer. That's all I can say. And then the, the other guy, um, I'll, I'll just make it quick. I know he's a rookie, but Minnesota was looking for a replacement. They were willing to take Justin Fields in the first fucking round had he fell to them. Kirk Cousins, we've talked about contract and stuff like that. You know, there's there's no real way they owe him this money, but they're not, they're not going to keep him. And I just feel like depending on how this year goes with Kirk, you know, he's probably, Kirk is probably going to come out and play his damned best, you know, since he's no, he's knows he's got someone breathing down or he might just crumple like he does in the pocket at times. But I feel like <clears throat> Kellen Mond is a sneaky good player to have. And I also, I don't know if you pay attention to Chris Sims at all and his quarterback mm -hmm. evaluation. A lot of people dog on him, but I've also seen him talk some pretty good stuff. Uh, he was one of the Lamar Jackson backers and Patrick Mahomes backers when there was a lot of people, you know, throughout the draft process who was like, eh, he was one of the ones saying, hey, Lamar Jackson. He's the guy in this draft. And so, so, you know, I do think he gets some stuff right. And this dude really likes Kellen Mond. And so I, I just kind of pay attention to, I'm not going to take everything he said. I don't hardly take anything anybody says for, you know, we, you know, for what I take it for what it is, but Chris Sims, I don't think he's nearly as bad as some people believe. And uh, he's, he's, hyped some guys that I've really turned out to Justin Herbert was another one, you know, even in the analytics community, we were kind of like, eh, I don't know about Herbert. Chris Sims was like, he's going to be good. And he's been good. So, I mean, I think he's done a fairly good job. And if, and he's just another person that's like, yeah, I really like this Kellen Mond. And so I'm kind of like, Hmm, I just feel like if you can get your hands on this guy, even later in the draft, way later in the draft, as a fourth quarterback, throw him on your taxi squad this year. I mean, it, it, you know, because this dude next year could pay dividends, man, because you go into next year, that's the final year of Kirk's contract. 
And if he has any problems or if he struggled at all this year going into next year and he's not doing, I mean, it could turn into a give Kellen Mond a chance real quick. So I think he's a good guy to have stashed. So that's that's what I got for my guys since you took one. And that, that's all right, because that one took that one took up some time. So what <laughs> we're we'll go on to another talk, but we'll actually we'll actually go ahead and make this the, the last one. I can't remember if it's six or if it's round six or seven. Oh no, this would be round five. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We'll do that. Ah, spin again. Son of a bitch. Motherfucker. <laughs> you son of a bitch. What the fuck? If it comes up again, I, I got one that would. Oh. oh no. That's all right. Aaron, change your Twitter profile pick to Tom Brady for a day. Lucas, <laughs> <laughs> I had no problems with Tom Brady. <laughs> I, I would gladly oh. put him up there as like my uh, <laughs> fishbowl. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, come on. Okay, it actually did land on that one. Okay, so we yet again will be saving guillotine league chatter for another time. That's all right. That's all right. I'm okay with that. Just keep prolonging it. That's okay because we're going to have to draft for that before too long. All right. All right. Favorite fictional sports characters, Aaron. This is a good, fun way to end the show. Let's wrap it up. What do you got for me? One or two quick people uh, or characters, I should say, from shows, movies, whatever. These are these are two characters from my childhood. That's really why I picked it. Because I truth is, I don't watch a lot of movies. I really don't. I find that I don't have the attention span. But Forrest Gump and Gordon Bombay, right? The Mighty Ducks. I used to love those movies. So it's I love the Mighty Ducks as well. Right. And and truth is, I don't have much on uh, to say about either one of these these characters. It, it's just more of, that's my childhood. I watch a lot of Mighty Ducks. Um, Forrest Gump, it's classic. It's just, you know, sometimes you, you really stop to think and you're like, you know, you, you think back in, on childhood things. And those were movies in the early to mid-90s. So it's what I grew up on. That's why I chose them. You know, those are some really good ones. Um, and not only did I love the Mighty Ducks as a kid, but we showed that shit to my son, Draven, the one who has the birthday coming up, probably back when he was like three. And we're a big hockey family. We used to go to the Iowa Wild games because they're kind of the farm team for the Minnesota Wild of the NHL. And so we're just a big hockey family. Kids love the hockey. And... uh <laughs> We showed him the Mighty Ducks when he was younger and he would just sit. We'd put him to bed at night and he would lay in bed and we are the champions, my friends. <laughs> like just as loud at fucking the top of his lungs, just screaming, we are the champions. And it, and uh, yeah, so he, he loves him some queen. 
He loves him some hockey. He loves him some Mighty Ducks. So, yeah, all on board with that. But um, so for me, I I have to go. Man, it's hard to beat you because Gordon Bombay, I don't know if I thought enough about this one, but I, I'm going to go ahead and say this one for sure. This one for sure, Rick Vaughn, because I absolutely loved Major League when I was a kid. Because as much as I wanted to be a basketball point guard or or a football player, I, I was really best at baseball. That was my gig. And so I really enjoyed I, you know, I didn't enjoy the dramatic stuff like feel the feel the dreams was cool. But like I wasn't into the dramatic stuff. Give me some fun stuff like a league of their own. Tom Hanks coach character in that movie. Fantastic. But <clears throat> so Rick Vine and I was I'm always again, you look at me like to be different. Whatnot. So I've been like that pretty much my whole life. So I'm Rick Vaughn walking in there with a fucking mohawk. I'm like, yes, I fucking love this guy. So, and it's Charlie Sheen's crazy ass. I mean, you, you know, so I do love some major, major league, some Rick Vaughn. It is Rick Vaughn, right? I believe so. Okay. I'm, I'm horrible at actor names. I was about to so. say, well, that's the character name, Charlie Sheen. Oh, the is char- the, yeah, I think, okay. I'm about a character and actor. Right. It's just... <laughs> And then I, I, I originally wrote down Waterboy because I just, but really it's not even him, the character. I just enjoy that movie. So I'm going to, I'm going to cross that out because at the last minute before you started speaking yours, I had one just pop in my head out of nowhere, right after I'm talking or announcing the topic, the old show coach pops in my head do you remember that wasn't it called coach yeah coach um sometimes i forget you're younger than me dude (laughs) (laughs) there's a show called coach uh craig t nelson i don't know you you're not good with names so you wouldn't know who i'm talking yeah Uh, i can um, tell you all kinds of football players i can't tell you like movies actors at all i'm bad okay well, the coach has an assistant in this show, and he's a big, tall, goofy dude with blonde hair. His name is Dauber. He's the same dude who does the voice for Patrick on SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. So it's that dude. So if you could just picture that voice and a big lug of a guy, uh, this is the guy who played Dauber. Not very smart at all. Uh, he was a former player, got hit in the head too many times. So, and, and this was coach's assistant. So I nominate him as my second favorite fictional sports character is Dauber from the, the show Coach. That's it. There, yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> That's what I got. Awesome. All right, buddy. You good? You, you ready to get this show, close yeah. this show up? One thing I'll add, I'm not even yeah. going to go into to my notes on it, but I'll just, I'll add that earlier in the, in the episode, I talked about, oh, we'll get to Miles Sanders, we'll get to Miles Sanders. I'm going to make listeners actually wait a little bit more because I'm actually working on an article that talks about mm-hmm. Miles Sanders. And all I'm going to say is, don't That's be hating this guy. You're going to want Miles Sanders. A lot of, lot of things pointing to Miles Sanders being good, really good this year, fantasy football. 
And I agree. And I can't wait to check out your article because it will just confirm my suspicions, I imagine, because I, I do completely agree. People trying to send me some bullshit offers for Miles Sanders in leagues. Like, I don't think he's going to be something like, get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah. <laughs> and it will basically come down to, yes, he burned everyone because he was a first round pick last year. Mm-hmm. But the value you're getting as a guy like third round that that's also starting to slip into the fourth round. Yeah. So I've got some good stuff. I'm in the process of putting it all together there. Like right now I've got all the information. It's just all over the place. So once I get that in readable form and it's going to be on breakout finder, it's actually not going to be on player profiler. It's going to be the, the, uh, the sister company uh, breakout finder, but yes, that, that I'm hoping to wrap up. If I'm crazy, I can stay up late tonight and write it but probably gonna get sleep finish writing yeah. it tomorrow and then maybe that'll be up next week we'll be there you playing. go I, I gotta get some articles out i'm trying to help out breakout finder as well i know they're struggling to get some content going or the, you know, yeah. they reach out so i'm trying to do do my thing but people there listening to the show be on the lookout for that breakout finder for that one um, indeed I, I don't know if you got any other written material. I've got one for player profiler coming out, not this upcoming Monday, but next Monday. So the 28th, I've got another meet the metric. I, I did meet the metric on true catch rate, which I, I had a blast doing that one. I have one for total QPR, just a little uh, sneak peek here. Um, I'm able to use that stat to go back in time a little bit to take people through the whole Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love fiasco and like why, why the Packers would even think about doing that. That's going to be my little teaser for that article. I think that one's going to be a great one. Waiting on Cody and Ray to work their magic touch to put the final pieces there. But I'm pretty proud of that one. That was a lot of fun to write too. That's awesome, dude. I can't wait to read. uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little envious. Uh, I was going to, when I was thinking about doing one of the metric pieces, the, uh, that was the metric I was looking oh. at most. So bravo on you. I don't have, I have, I don't have anything written coming out. I've got a couple ideas up, but I have not got around to writing anything yet. I'm still trying to get used to this routine. And then once I get through the work week part, I've got three days off, but like this week, I had a bunch of running around to do Sunday, and then I wanted to make sure I had the show sheet to you so we could, so we were ready to go for the for the for the pod tonight. And then I had to get my other podcast recorded, and so I just was busy as hell. But at some point in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to get back to writing, so I will keep everyone updated on that. But um, but it, that being said, shameless plug, I do have my other podcast coming up, and uh, that it was kind of a fun one. It was a little bit of a kind of a short one, but um, I had fun. Talked about mushrooms and and marriage and (laughs) and Putin's interview and a little bit of the playoffs and just a smorgasbord of stuff, as I usually do. But it was fun. And speaking of the mushrooms, I brought that up because uh, the wife and I ate a few uh, on my days off. Well, I guess it still is my days off don't have to go back to work till Wednesday, but, uh, yeah, we, we actually have, I don't know if you've ever heard of microdosing with these things, but there's a lot of science behind 
this stuff and and being better than like actual because see i got a big thing with pharmaceutical companies and all of this stuff and and i just personally don't like pain like taking pills i saw what the shit did to my dad so i just i'm not big on it but uh you know i've done a lot of research into the whole psilocybin things and you know stuff like that in the microdosing aspect and I kind of tried it and it 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 is very interesting. So we got a little bit to help us do that. We were going to do some microdosing, but we ate a few extra and it no no major trip. I wasn't bouncing off walls, seeing all sorts of crazy shit. None of that. Just kind of felt a little extra stoned. But it was it was kind of fun. So but other than that, uh, that was kind of a fun aspect of the weekend was a little bit of that. But otherwise, uh I was pretty fucking busy, man, (laughs) for the most part. And, oh, I've been meaning to ask you also, have you checked out the Mortal Kombat yet? I haven't. I haven't. Uh, It wasn't in the theaters for too long here. (laughs) But I'm sure I'll find a way to to view it. I I have to see because nowadays. Oh, yeah. You don't watch it. um, I've got like Hulu and I got to check to see my Hulu account. I have to see if it's the one that's got the HBO. Mm. so yeah if, it's, if you've got any connection to hbo i know it's it's been on there and uh yeah so th- it's definitely worth worth watching but i i keep meaning to bring that up because i brought it up with my brother on the last podcast when he was on with me on my other podcast i'm like why aren't these people watching this movie it's so awesome <laughs> well and admittedly the the times i'm at the movies these days i i'm taking my nieces with me um Oh, kind yeah, of frowned upon <laughs> taking a uh what a 10 and a no an 11 and a 12 year old <laughs> i guess i know enough about mortal Kombat to know yeah that's probably yeah i uh, well see i didn't i'm gonna be honest the 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 old mortal Kombat. that's no it, it's pretty tame and so i you know, by the previews, it looked like it was going to be a lot more badass. And I could tell in the first five minutes, I was like, oh, yep, the boys can't watch this one yet. <laughs> the old one was fine. They watched that one. But I'm like, they can't watch this one yet. No, 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 sir. No, sir. But uh, yeah, so I've been meaning to ask. But anyway, that's all I got. Let's end this shit. Sorry, I got to rambling. Got to rambling about <laughs> mushrooms and Mortal Kombat. And, and uh I'm, I'm probably a bit delirious because it's been a long it's, it's, it's been i've been busy on my days off i don't like being this that busy on my days off you know what i mean yeah well we both need some sleep so fuck yeah let's do it let's get the hell out of here everybody thank you for joining we very much appreciate you at rmk madness at eight nine on the twitter don't forget to check us out Stay, 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 stay,